Welcome everyone to the midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a one-stop locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company that focuses on providing the highest level of cleaning services and supplies to their clients. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music's provided by Wasted Talent. So today... Uh, we were taping the podcast for the Fresh Take Network, our sports rundown podcast that we do um, weekly over there with Josh. And as we are doing that, news breaks that Tyreek Hill is on his way to the Miami Dolphins. And so I thought instead of just saying all that stuff again, why not just play that for you? So um, at the beginning, there is some... Deshaun Watson stuff. If you listen to last week's show, you know how I feel about that, but we got Josh's takes on that. And then you will hear, as the news breaks, our reaction to Tyreek Hill getting traded from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. Spoiler alert, I think it's a bad trade. Uh, so you'll hear that in a second. Plus, um, coming up after this, we have an interview with Kat Von Hees. She is the Can-Am Wrestling Women's Champion. Uh, they're at the back alley tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. So go check them out. You can say hi to me while you're there. I'll, I'll be there. Um, so yeah, come say hi. Come watch some pretty good wrestling in Calgary. And hopefully you guys stick around for the interview with Kat Von Hees. Had a blast tra- chatting with her. I think you'll have a blast listening to her. So we got some wrestling. And now we got some football talk. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need a top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! What it is, what it do, welcome to Fresh Shake the Sports Rundown. Joshua Adam Lamar with that with... Couch Potato Diaries, Peter Klein. Hello, hello. And we got uh, more NFL. Man, the the NBA, you know, really has influenced this NFL offseason. Yeah, um, the the NFL, like people talk about how, oh, it's a 12-month thing now. And sometimes you kind of roll your eyes because when you get to some points, like there's a bit of a lull. We, we haven't hit that lull yet. And a lot of times at this point, it's draft stuff, right? Like we're talking about um, high-level quarterbacks and high-level this and high-level that. We don't have a lot of household names in this year's draft. So all the household names in the NFL are just like, ooh, yeah, pick me. I want the headlines. It is another crazy week in the National Football League. It's – I don't remember an NFL offseason quite like this. And, you know, you're – you know, for a lot of people, I saw the joke yesterday and I was kind of thinking the same team. It's like, okay, I think it's almost time to disactivate Rappaport and Schefter from my – Twitter for notifications. I'm like, I guess not, not anytime nope. soon. And I'll go over it. There's still some really big name free agents that are out there. Like we still have a lot of big free agents going out there mm-hmm. first and foremost. So I kind of talked about this at the end of the pod last week by myself, because the, the Deshaun news broke and I'm handling it the same way I've handled it every week. And I know that Peter has handled it. I'm not going to talk about this in a football sense. Cause I don't think that the dude deserves to be talked about in a football sense. Um, the, the interesting thing to make it's not interesting, but you know, I don't know if you, you and I brought this up, but when there was Raider rumors, I think both of us said like, I'd have to reconsider my fandom. And it's been really interest, really cool that Browns fans have a, a more famous Browns fans, Rachel Bonetta, for example, that works, I believe for the NFL network now, who was a Browns fan. She's out. She's doing a whole pod called the bachelor, 
looking for a new team, which I thought was a really cool idea. Um, I thought the other really awesome thing was the Browns Reddit thing. The, the Sean trade was the most down like thing in one of the history of Reddit and mm-hmm. that they started a kind of a, a fun me for the Cleveland uh, rape uh, center, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a lot of scummy people are in the NFL. We're going to talk about another one in Tyreek Hill in a second here. Uh, this one's just particularly bad. Number one, the Browns already had Kareem Hunt on their team. And yep. number two, yeah, there's no criminal charges, but there's still 22 civil cases. They only talked to him about it for 30 minutes and they never talked to the women's lawyer about it. And they made him the highest paid quarterback. So a lot of it feels really yeah. dirty. Yeah. And it was the fact that they were falling all over themselves to, to try to get there. Um, that, that it, it just, it's so frustrating. And uh, there are some times where like, eventually I can get to the, okay, but what about the football? And I'm just, I'm not there with this Neither. one yet. Uh, I just, I can't like it, it's, it, it, I don't know what it was about this one in particular that just like, it really got to me. And like you said, we, we've had a lot of situations like this in the past. We like, currently, you know, like there's a, a lot of this type of thing in the NFL. And like you said, we're going to talk about this in a second with, with Tyree Kill, where the Kansas City Chiefs are probably going to get worse as a football team, but a whole lot more likable as a football yes. team with, with Tyree Kill on his way. It appears East anyway, but no, with, with Deshaun, I think it's because I think it's a few things. One, he like, I don't want to say we didn't see this coming as if like you can predict some of this stuff, but he was so over the top about being so like community this and good guy that and all of these things. And then it was, oh, and by the way, there's 22 civil suits against this guy for some not awesome stuff. And so I think just being blindsided by this and then, um, yeah, like he sits out the year that there's been no, and I get, you can't have an admission of guilt when there's legal stuff going on, but there, there's been no signs of remorse or anything like that. And then it's just, yeah, sure. $230 million. And I am someone who believes in second chances, but I, as I've said with a few of these, Deshaun's not done with his first one yet. So the, the fact that it, it happened and it, it just, yeah. And then to, to have all these teams being so, over the top and trying to get him in a bidding war and all of this and how transparent it was. Well, well, the criminal case is done. So fine, whatever. Don't care. It, it just all, all of it, all of it rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And by the way, the Falcons, the saints and the Colts, you're not off the hook either. You're not off the right. hook. You're still guilty of trying to go after this guy. You know, you're yeah. still guilty of association with it. And I think even the Browns know it's bad because there was no over the top. We got to Sean Watson. It's like, yeah, we did our due diligence post instead of announcing this big player to their team that they mm. did four days after the Texans had confirmed that they had traded him. They knew it was yeah. bad. They knew it was skeezy and they've lost a lot of fans because of this. He's definitely yeah. going to be suspended because if you look at the Ben case, uh, ben was mm-hmm. suspended, even though he had no criminal charges. He still had civil suits and not to make it worse or what, but Ben's was like one, two people. This is 22 fucking women. Yeah. Like uh, Bomani Jones said on his podcast, like if you want to play the 22 person parlay that everyone's lying by all means, but I just, yeah. I can't, I, I can't get there. And if that is the case, like if, if we are completely wrong and 22 people all at the same time decided, yeah, let's go lie. Um, and everything is proven without a shadow of a doubt that, that he is in fact innocent, then uh, I guess I'll eat my words or I won't. Yeah. And just, hey, let's be more patient on these things than just rushing back and getting to this silly little football thing. So yeah. no, I, I just, I can't imagine. Um, I, I can't imagine being a, a Browns fan. And look, as Raider fans, 
they've brought in some pretty not great people over the years, but they, yeah. they've also done the opposite of that, right? Like they, they have been a, a home for second chances before, but like I said before, this is, this is still his first. And I, yeah, I, I can't imagine being a Browns fan. I can't imagine being just a football fan and being affected by something similar to, to what Sean Watson is being accused of and watching yeah. everyone go out of their way to celebrate this and just have that reminder. I probably just wouldn't watch football. Um, yeah. I, I just, there's so many different aspects of this that we just, we can't possibly wrap our heads around. And LeBron with his Twitter post, is like, Braun, no. Yeah. No, just no. Someone, someone's got to, someone's got to tell you like, Hey, maybe, maybe sit this one out. LeBron's been really stupid again. He's, he's LeBron. So he's going to get by, but he's been really stupid with his Twitter stuff at times. Yeah. And he needs to ease it back a little bit. Cause some type of post he does is like, Braun, no, no, you're, no. you know, not, not the time. Uh, I think the thing with this is the conver- and I think I, I have a pod lined up just, you know, being able to talk to a lot of women about this that are football fans and get their thoughts on it has been really, really great uh, just to kind of get their feelings. And a lot of them are just like really repulsed, about, especially when you look at the, the Calvin Ridley thing, right? A, a lot that have been brought up to me is the Josh Gordon suspensions and the Calvin Ridley suspensions. And they're like, yeah. how am I supposed to, as a woman, care about football when it obviously doesn't care about us despite the growth of the game we have more women referees we have women owners we have women coaches i mean there's a prominent yep. woman coach on the niners right now right and calvin ridley is getting out here suspended for a year not even thinking twice about it because of a parlay josh gordon suspended for years for smoking marijuana despite it being legal in a majority of the states and i get you know it's a banned substance so he shouldn't have done it for sure uh, yeah. but they're just so late to react to this. Even the Ray Rice thing was way too late. Kareem Hunt was way too late. Yeah. Roger has to take a better, bigger step forward with all of this. Even the Ezekiel Elliott, which we've all kind of forgot about, I'm sure. A little bit mm-hmm. too late on that. Yeah, and th- that's th- that's the NFL way, is that it, it's yeah. late on all of these things, right? And that's, again, remarkably unfortunate. And, um, like, I... I don't disagree with the Ridley suspension or with the Josh Gordon ones necessarily, but take yeah. this stuff as seriously as you take exactly. all of that. And, and again, like for, for a sport that just has to pump up its chest and football culture, and we, we just want locker room, this and good guy, blah, 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 good teammates. But then you're, you're willing to overlook some of this stuff. It, it's just, it's repulsive. It, it really, really is. So from one repulsive human being to another, and this side, we will talk a little bit about the football side of things. Mm. Uh, so we woke up this morning and, uh, I guess Devonte Adams contract is going to boot a receiver out of the, the division. Yeah, th- this is crazy. And, uh, my apologies that I'm not, uh, like I'm focused on the podcast, but in between questions, I'm looking at Twitter, uh, much like I'm Fever sure you breaks. are while yeah. I'm answering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Tyreek Hill is apparently on his way to the AFC East, whether it be the Dolphins or the, yeah. the Jets. Adam Schefter reporting that he is going to be the highest paid player in the or the highest paid receiver in the NFL. It's just a matter of which team he wants to go to now, and he is apparently torn by this decision. But this is this is a crazy one because, like in this arms race in the AFC West, we have not seen anyone leave a value yet, you know. And if anyone has, it has been the Chiefs, right? Like Tyron Matthew. Um, isn't going back to Kansas City, and now well, it Tyree sounds Hill. like he's going to Vegas. There's a room. The, the the rumor is growing. It's him and Stephen Gilmore are both going to Vegas, and they're just trying to figure out the money situation the last few days. 
which would make me very happy. Um, yes, we we talk about best case scenarios. I, yes. I would get a Honey Badger jersey in a second. I've loved that dude since college. Um, like, yeah, uh, as far as uh, players go, he, he is one of my favorites to watch. But for, for Kansas City now, we've talked before about like for Green Bay situation, where do you go at receiver? I, I thought the, the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster was a very good one as he is a very good number two receiver number two uh as far as number ones go like this changes the dynamic of this offense greatly and there there aren't again not a lot of options out there unless you're willing to wait on odell beckham jr but we've talked about this division before are you willing to go two and three uh like two and four to start the year while you wait for number one receiver in this division everyone's gonna pass you by so i i don't know what the next option is for kansas city i can't imagine that they're getting a receiver of substance coming back in this deal. So I, I just, I, I don't know where, I don't know where this leaves Kansas city right now. So the, the few, few things here, uh, all excellent points there. So MVS is meeting with them today. Uh, so that will help at least with the speed side of things, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as he's not the same skill level as, as Tyreek Hill, because I mean, MVS has played with the two time MVP, the last two, the back-to-back MVP the last few years and Mm -hmm. has been fine. I think MVS fantasy wise has been on and off of fantasy rosters for years because of that. And um, it it all depends on the draft uh, of what the draft picks are. Right. I don't see him getting that early jets pick. If he's, let's say if he goes to the jets, for example, if he goes to the jets, could we see that Seahawks pick the Mm. 10th pick? And if that's yeah. the case, then we're talking a little bit differently about situations because potentially that could be Drake London or Jamison Williams or a variety of the other really good receivers that are in this. And I yeah. would trust Patrick Mahomes to help grow a receiver like that. And it's a complete game changer for Kansas City going forward because this opens $20 million for them and they get a stud wide receiver uh, rookie wise. So yeah. that's yeah. huge for them. But I don't know if that's the case yet. If the Jets are the Jets are the Jets and they're really dumb, if they give them those two top ten picks, I think I'm going to scream. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's fair, um, and that that would be quite concerning if yeah. Kansas City was able to to get that because then you can talk about shoring up that offensive line and that receiver room, um, kind of like a, a Minnesota situation where they they move out digs and get Jefferson. And I don't want to say they get better again, Kansas city becomes remarkably more likable with this deal, but from football standpoint, um, it's still going to be a step back. Even if you get a very good receiver in the draft, um, it it is still a step back for for a a team that is kind of based on just lighting up the scoreboard. Right. So it's, it's a tricky situation for Kansas city. And I'm the, the the thing that I'm starting to wonder now, because you have two high profile teams with high profile quarterbacks who are in win now mode, who need receivers. If I'm Seattle and I've said, I'm not trading DK Metcalf before, but mm-hmm. I, I think that asking price has gone up. Like everyone Man. has a price at least. And if I, if I'm Seattle, I'm like, Oh, you guys are desperate. I mean, we could be bought. We, we could. Um, I, I think I look at this from their perspective and maybe, maybe DK Metcalf can be, if it may both Metcalf and Lockett. I was going to say even available. Lockett. Yeah. Even Lockett. Yeah. I mean, it depends too. Like with Seattle, like, are they getting Baker? Uh, mm-hmm. That seems like the best destination for Baker. Carolina's out. Car- Carolina looks like they'll try to get into the Malik Willis campaign. And yesterday he had that throw and everyone's like, me like. So everyone's yep. going to go way too high from Malik Willis now. And you and I have yeah, talked yeah. about like, we're not sure what he is. I don't know if he's worth going that high in draft capital, but someone's going to talk themselves into Malik Willis. Like we inevitably thought this time of year was going to happen for Seattle. I don't really even necessarily get the Baker thing. Um, just because 
there's three really stud quarterbacks next year, Richardson out of Florida, CJ out of Oklahoma, and obviously the Heisman winner with Bryce. Mm-hmm. I think just roll with Drew Locke and just tank next year because yeah. there's three stud quarterbacks next year. And you're not a quarterback away, right? Like no. if you were, you wouldn't be in this situation. Russell Wilson yeah. would have just stayed. Like you, you need yes. more than just your quarterback. And, and so to go out, give up assets to get a quarterback who is worse than the one you already have, but is good enough that it can keep you from doing some other things. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me from a Seattle standpoint. And I, again, I, I am of the belief that Seattle, just looking at them in a vacuum, should hold on to all of the guys that they have, try to build up that offensive line through the draft. And this is a, a pretty good draft by all accounts to do yeah. that in. And then next year, get the quarterback and, hey, look at this. Now you've got a, a strong foundation to help out one of those three studs like you talked about. So I, I think Seattle should stand pat. However, circumstances may dictate that all of a sudden DK Metcalf comes available. And if Kansas City is able to pry a couple of those higher draft picks away from the Jets, yeah. if you use one of those to get a DK Metcalf, all of a sudden that helps out Seattle in much the same way we're talking about with Kansas city, get a younger uh, receiver in there and be able to, to help things out along the way. So I, I think this, it, it's just, it's so fun with the NFL right now where you actually have player movement instead of, Oh yeah, this guy got cut. This guy got traded for yeah. fifth, whatever, because you have actual player movement. Now, a lot of these moves that we're seeing have dominoes that go this way, that way, and the other way, you know? So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Well, especially if you do that trade with the Jets, like my, my, my feeling is if the trade with the Jets happened, it would be that Seattle pick and they have a very high second round pick and the Jets have two seconds and two first. So for them, whatever, we'll get mm-hmm. rid of those. Uh, and then, like you said, maybe then Kansas City takes that pick. It's like Seattle, you want your pick back? We want DK Metcalf. And then Seattle right. has nine and 10 all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, and this is where I, I think um, Kansas City is probably swearing a little bit at Green Bay because if the asking price for Devonte was a first and a second, I don't know if you can go two firsts for, for Tyreek Hill. Um, yeah. and, and so, and especially two high firsts, like the, the ones we're talking about. So I, I would agree with that first and a second. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe Kansas City is like, yeah, that's what they got for Devonte. They were also stupid. So we're, we're, we're not, well, let's not do that. Um, no. I, and I think when you look at the teams that, could be in the running for like, it's obviously down to the jets and the dolphins. I think the dolphins should be more desperate for this. Cause they are kind of closer to that. You get Tyreek Hill along with Waddle. Um, and all of a sudden, Holy crap. And that, that helps out uh, to a tongue yeah. of Iowa or Teddy Bridgewater um, helps them out quite a bit. Um, I, I think they're closer to winning. So I, I think they should be the more desperate team, but the jets have the better assets, right? So yeah. that, that makes this bidding war really, really fascinating. Uh, so, and for the picks, by the way, for the dolphins, uh, so they have the 29th pick this year that they got from San Francisco for kind of sw- swapping pox picks. And then next year, they also have the Niners pick. Uh, so I don't know how useful that pick necessarily will be with the Niners pick, but that's kind of where you're at. So <clears throat> Kansas City can just take these two picks. They're going to probably be later round picks knowing that they're the Niner picks. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you have that. And maybe, maybe you ask for Devontae Parker back out of all of it. Maybe. Yeah. Like that. I don't know how much value that actually adds though. You know, like I think Devonte Parker still can be good, yeah. but it's the injury issues that, that have been mm-hmm. a, a bit of a concern. So that's, that's where I, I kind of focus more on the jet side of this because the, a, any bullets that the dolphins have in the chamber aren't nearly as effective as what the jets might have. And as I've said with Baker Mayfield and a few other teams, keep an eye on the Eagles still in this because the Eagles also have the draft asset. The Eagles have three picks 
in the first, yep. including back-to-back, I think 15th and 16th together. Perfect range that you could probably value Tyreek Hill at there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, they could – Lord knows they're trying to get rid of Jalen Rieger. <laughs> so they're like, yes. hey, we'll give you these picks, and you can have Jalen Rieger. Yeah, and, like, they have always been a team that – off-field stuff hasn't necessarily mattered to them as much as maybe some others. They, they've kind of turned a blind eye to some of that stuff. And that's something you're going to have to deal with too. And that's uh, potentially a consideration for New York is that you are sending this dude into the media capital of the world um, mm-hmm. and all the attention that, that comes with that. And I, I think because the Jets have been so eh for our entire lifetimes, we we tend to forget that this is a big market team and probably the biggest market team along with the Giants. And that media scrutiny is going to be there. And and so that is uh, another layer kind of on top of this where Miami, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to to belittle anything, but a lot of shit happens in Miami all the time. This would be back page, whatever, by like Tuesday, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, this is just another day in Florida. Um, So like, uh, again, not to, to make light of the, any type of situation that Tyreek Hill has been involved with, but Miami, it, it's just different down there, right? And whereas in New York, that attention and that spotlight is just so bright. Maybe not nationally, but locally, it is crazy there. It does seem like, it, just getting the tweet here from Ryan Rappaport, that it does seem like it is going to be um, <clears throat> either the Dolphins or the Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I do think it'll be the Dolphins. I don't think the Jets... This is not a move you make yet if you're the Jets. You use those draft picks, you draft, you build up because you're you're not in a position right now where you can be a contending team. The Dolphins can potentially be at least a wild card team next year with this move, yeah. right? They just got Tyron Armstrong yesterday. They've beefed up their running back situation. I actually believe the two will be a little bit better this year. I think it's two years removed from the injury now. Uh, the defense is not too bad. I, I think it's the right move for the Dolphins to make. I don't necessarily, and the Pats took a big step back, and that goes for the Jets too. We're kind of moving forward. The Pats have had maybe other than Carolina or Atlanta the worst offseason so far this mm-hmm. year. It's been terrible for New England. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know. Bill is Bill. Maybe he knows something we don't. I mean, I find it, I still find it very weird he didn't franchise DJ Jackson. When he does stuff like that, it makes me really, really interested. Like, why did you not do that? Because you yeah. just know stuff. Like, but then because you know, there's been like the Lawyer Malloy game, right? Where Lawyer Malloy had the two picks of Buffalo and then never did anything ever again. So sometimes when he trades people, they go off, but then there's the Richard Shermers, Seymour's and the Chandler Jones of the world that just ball out afterwards. But Bill just yeah. kind of knows something. But for the Dolphins, like you said, you have Waddle and you have Tyreek and uh, Galiski at the tight end position there with some decent running back help now. Good luck. Yep. Yeah. And like Tua played well that back part of the season, right? Like they were two and eight. And he led them on that six game winning streak that had them at least within striking distance of a playoff spot. And uh, I think you see like hey, a couple years removed from that hip injury. Also, uh, a little bit more stable in that offense now, like a couple of years ago, the offense wasn't really set to him and he just came in and it, it, it just it never really clicked. And then a new offensive coordinator and now. Uh, another year to get him a little bit more comfortable, uh, I think will do him a lot. For the Jets, I think this is, they saw kind of how poorly they managed everything around Sam Darnold and are a little bit, well, we're not going to let that happen this time. True. We're going to give Wilson every opportunity to, to flourish in this system, which I don't necessarily hate. Uh, like you have a, a kid on a, a rookie contract 
take advantage of it as much as you can yeah, because the, those hopefully for your franchise don't come around all that often. So actually I don't mind it from a Jets perspective, but I, I think again, from a footballing standpoint, it, it would make the dolphins much more of a threat in the AFC, probably not in the East because Buffalo I, I still think is better. And I love the addition of, of Crowder there as yeah. kind of a, a solid number two, number three around what they have before kind of a, a Beasley replacement. And I would say a Beasley upgrade. Um, and then everyone else in the last, like the, the AFC playoff race is just going to be ridiculous this year. In the West, uh, you know, say they add MV, MVS and even if they do get this pick from the Jets, the 10th pick potentially, I do mm-hmm. see a substantial drop. I've seen some people say like, well, the Chiefs could be fourth. And I'm like, yeah, they could. I mean, I, I looking at the offense there right now, right? Like I would have the Raiders may have the best weapons overall now in the AFC. Um Mm-hmm. outside of the quarterback obviously the fourth in quarterback rankings and that's still you know car is a top what 12 quarterback in the league they still have a a pretty good game managing quarterback but as far as the weapons go with Devonte, waller jacobs and hunter that may be the best for the weapons and then you look at the defensive side the chiefs may be near the bottom now on the defensive side where where the raiders broncos and chargers are so all of a sudden you're looking at the chiefs and be like well the best thing they have is patrick mahomes yeah, and that's a good thing to have. Don't get me wrong, but it's in a division that is absolutely loaded. And like I said, Vegas is trying to f- apparently figure some stuff out with Honey Badger and Stefan Gilmore, which is their biggest weakness at secondary. And then all of a sudden you have a secondary that, you know, has a really good uh, corner in Tyrone uh, Tyro Mullen, for example. And, you know, Jonathan Abrams is a hard hitting safety that's not going to have as much pressure on him with Honey Badger and Stefan Gilmore there. And then you already have the pass rushers of, uh Chandler Jones and Max and you have Denzel Perriman down the middle there that's a terrifying defense all of a sudden not to mention with the Broncos and then the Chargers with Khalil Mack and Darwin and it's just it's a lot it is it, it is a lot and the, the Chiefs are the only team in this division that's getting worse right and yeah, they which is weird admittedly they, they had the room to get worse because they, yeah. they were the division winners for the last forever yeah. But yeah, they are going to need, I think, a substantial upgrade now. Like Juju and MVS isn't going to cut it um, when, when you have teams who have, A, already kind of limited this Kansas City offense and forced Patrick Mahomes to be a little bit more patient. Now you have the guy who was taking the top off of those defenses when they could. Um, now he's not there anymore. And we've seen like going out and getting like, well, MVS is just about as fast. And um, Jalen Rager is just about as fast. Like, these guys have done fast before, right? Like McCall Hardman um, didn't yeah. really work out. Robinson on the Raiders now. Just because yeah. the dude is fast doesn't mean that it's going to work out. You need to also be able to get open. Uh, we've seen that with the Raiders for forever. See Darius Hayward Bay and the first couple of years of rugs. Like there's there's more to, to this. Than... Sean Jackson and Zay Jones. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's yeah. more to this just than just being able to run in a straight line really, really fast. That helps sometimes. But yes. you like that that that's oversimplifying what Tyree can do for this team. And they're not going to have that now for a team that really couldn't afford to lose that anyway. Like their margin was just so thin. So I, I am very curious to see what the next move or three are from the, the Kansas city chiefs now. And I mean, Devonte, it's funny. Devonte talked about this in his press conference yesterday. He's like, it's going to be so interesting. We face Kansas city because like with us, it's like, if you double team Darren, then you single cover me or single cover Hunter. And it's like the same with Kansas City when you double team Tyreek, then you, you know, get Kelsey open. It's like, well, now I don't think anyone's going to be double teaming Juju or MVS. They'll just double team the hell out of Kelsey. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah. And we've seen what that looks like, right? With, uh, with Darren Waller, where yeah. everything can just kind of shrink around them because that's the easiest, the easiest position if you want to double team it because it's just, it's right there. Um, it's all underneath stuff and it's all in the middle of the field. So it's easy to kind of take that away um, when there aren't other options around. And that is what the Raiders needed to do. And they did that. And now for Kansas city, they, they need that because you're right. Like Kelsey, who all like Kelsey is very, very good, but that there is half a step that is gone now. Right. Yeah. And so yep. you, you worry about that. And then at the running back position, cause that's the thing that no one's talking about the Raiders. Josh Jacobs is really, really good. If you want to back off and just like only rush three, play the pass a bunch. Okay. They'll run you to death. Kansas City doesn't really have that. Clyde Edwards Alaire has not worked out so far. And uh, any number of running backs with the last name of Williams going through Kansas City hasn't really worked either. And so like they, they just, there's just been so much reliance on, oh, we got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid will figure it out. Yeah. They actually need some dudes in there now because it's just, it's not enough in this division. I've kind of gone, it's, 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 it's funny, Peter, how this free agency has gone where two weeks ago, I'm like, oh, Russ and Khalil. And now I'm like, I think, I, I think my team can win the division. Like, I think the Raiders have a chance to win. I would say as of today with this Tyreek news, I would still say, the Chargers are the favorite to win the division just because they're just loaded. But I'm like, yeah, if the Raiders won the division, I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos won the division. I wouldn't be shocked right now. Uh, but, you know, I think all of a sudden, like where the Raiders were like the team of free agency is like, can we do something, please? Yeah, and now yeah. I'm just kind of like, I mean, with our pass rush and with the rough offensive weapons, I'm like this team can win the division for sure. Well, if they make those additions to the secondary, right, then yes. that, that, that really does change things. And yeah. I, I'm still with you because the, the Chargers' one weakness was that they couldn't stop the run. And oh, it happened. Oh, it happened. Yep, there it, it happened. Uh, he's going to Miami. God, that is that is not a good return. No. So Kansas he goes City. to that 29th pick we talked about, the second pick, a fourth pick, and a sixth pick. So, yes, not – what we were hoping for if you're a Kansas yeah. city fan as Raider fans, just to be biased for a second. I love it as a Raider fan. Like I said, like uh, really quickly get back to your Raider thought and then we'll go to the trade. Yeah. Um, for, for the Raiders, like that you add the defensive weapons there and, and all of a sudden they look good because like the, the chargers, I do think they address their issue with their run stopping yeah. um, by bringing in a Khalil Mack and like James will be there for the full year. They can draft that position as well. Um, so I, I think that makes them the favorite. And then you look at this return now for Kansas city and all those things we were talking about. Oh, you could draft a receiver and da, 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 da. Uh, that isn't there. If I, if I'm Seattle, I'm not taking 29 for DK Metcalf. I might for Lockett. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's um, just a sec. Yeah. The 29th overall pick, the 50th overall pick, a fourth round pick this year, and then a fourth and a sixth next year. So five picks going to Kansas city. Um, that is a gigantic win for the Miami dolphins. And yeah. well, cause I thought they'd have that... to get rid of Parker. I thought maybe Parker would be part of it potentially. So now you get to have Waddle and Tyreek on either side. And you just had, I think Miami may have had one of the best off seasons now, you know what they've done. They mm-hmm. got Mapper, they're not Mapparata. Uh, who did they get? Uh, Raheem Mozart. Uh, yeah. yeah. Raheem Mozart. They got Chase Edmonds in the running game. You've beefed up that O-line. They got Armstrong yesterday and now you add Tyreek Hill. Um, that's a team. That's another team. That's it's going to be in the race for a playoff spot now. And I mean, oh, totally. I don't know if they're better than the bills necessarily. I don't think they are, but this is definitely the second best team in the AFC East. There's no question about it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't put them ahead of the Bills. The, the issue for them 
they, they, they got substantially better. Yes. So I, I do not disagree. One, one iota. Yeah. Does that put them ahead of any of the AFC West teams? You know, because no, if they're not no, ahead, no, 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 they're, they're no. not ahead of the Bills and they're not ahead of the AFC West teams, then congratulations, you're not a playoff team. Like I'm, you, you are, you are hoping that the AFC West just eats their own and everyone in that division is just some form of nine and eight um, yeah. or eight and nine, because they're all just one and one against each other. And then you hope you can kind of sneak in that way. But from a, a power ranking standpoint, that this is still a team that is on the outside looking in on the playoff race. Now they had enough cap space that they could go out and do a couple of these types of things. Right. And as you've said that they've addressed a couple of these, yeah. I, I still think that there might be a little bit more that needs to be done for Miami, but I mean, they gave up nothing. The 29th no. overall pick, the 50th overall pick, a couple fourths and a sixth. You do that. And I, I think Tyreek Hill is a deplorable human being and I wouldn't want him yeah. on my team. But again, the, the, the awful phrase from a football standpoint, you do this a hundred times out of 10. There is yeah. no question about it. That this is the Dolphins gave up nothing, nothing. It kind of reminds me in some ways of what the Devontae Adam trade was, right? When I looked at that as a Raider fan, I was just like, okay, so we traded a first round pick, which we would have used to draft Chris Olive, for example. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so we got a receiver. I don't give a shit. And for the Dolphins, it's like they were going to be looking for the scraps at that 29th pick and like, okay, cool. Uh, so I think compared to like, I guess the, my, my best guess is the Jets did not offer that Seahawks pick. That's my best guess. Yeah. They, they, well, they must yeah, not ask because. I don't know how if there was a trade packet from the Jets and from the Dolphins and it was Ty- I mean, it is also up to Tyreek to choose. But if they if they included uh, that that 10th pick, there's no the, the Chiefs would have been like, hey, we you're going to New York like we can't yeah. turn down this 10th pick. You, you have the you have the option to choose New York. Uh, that, that is your option. Um, like, yeah, I, I'm I am blown away by this. I think this is a that just. As it sits right now, this is a disaster for Kansas City. And again, makes it more likable. But from a footballing uh, yeah. standpoint, this I is mean, holy crap. Th- we're talking about Kansas City, and I'm not trying to be, you know, overreactive. We're talking about Kansas City may not be a playoff team next year. They, well, they, again, have, like, they have Patrick Mahomes, sure, but like just looking at the divisions, right? So looking at your playoff contenders, you have Buffalo uh, for sure. You have Cincinnati for sure. Then you have potentially the Ravens for sure. Uh, or, or on the, on the cusp, then you look at the AFC South, you have the tight, the Titans and you have the Colts and then the AFC West, you have Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. And then now I'm add Miami to that situation. Uh, Pats, we're going to give a little bit of love because it's Belichick and I never want to rule him out, but right. you're in that entire conversation. Now, if you're Kansas city, all of a sudden, I'm just like, like I don't, I do not see them winning the division. They had that slow no. start yet last year, and it's because they had Tyreek Hill to get out of that. And just at an MVS, or even if they add Julio, that's not going to help them. No, it's not. Like they, they, they need to go. Like DK Metcalf is kind of the only yes. thing left. You know, yes. Like that. That's and now again, if I'm Seattle, that asking price just went up. I don't think Kansas City has anything. That, you're doing two. You're giving like, me twenty nine. I want your pick next year too, because those are going to yeah. probably be. If you're going to get DK, then you're back in that race in the AFC West. So I want that 29th pick this year, and I want your pick next year if I'm if I'm Seattle. At minimum, right? Because like yeah. again, we just talk, we just kind of shit on 29. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can then flip it for DK Metcalf, right? And we're assuming that pick next year, if all goes according to plan for Kansas City, that pick next year is 32. So yeah. like I, I just if this puts Kansas City way behind the eight ball in yeah. this division and and in this conference, like you said, like. 
Uh, oh, and now the, the contract is in. It's a four-year, $120 million extension for Tyreek, including uh, $72.2 million guaranteed. Uh, wow. That to Schefter from the, the agent. So a lot of money. And Kansas City, I guess, like gets cap space in this. But we've seen in the NFL, you can free up cap space everywhere. So yeah. I guess uh, just thinking off the top of my head now, maybe you go to New Orleans and see if you can pry a Michael Thomas away from their hands a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you just, you, you need, you needed to add playmakers to this team anyway. And now you have subtracted the biggest one from them. Kansas city is in trouble right now. Cause like you said, playoff wise right now, the seven teams that are in, you have the division winners. That's four. Um, we are assuming Kansas city is not one of those division winners. Yeah. Um, and then after that, like we just, the dolphins just got a lot better. There's going to be two other ones, at least from the AFC West that are going in there from the South, the Titans and the Colts are in their own type of an arms race. Like you can fall behind very, very quickly in this conference right now. Uh, Just looking at mocks uh, right now, I'm going off the NFLs and CBSs. Uh, Potentially they had, they, both of them had uh, Miami taking a linebacker there. Obviously this is going to be a receiver spot. I've seen some where Jamison Williams is just out of the reach. The worst part for Kansas city, guess who drafts just before them is green Bay. Mm. <laughs> yeah so that's not great um so, yeah jameson williams might be around there uh terralone burks from arkansas i see around there but you're not going to get the the top receivers in that draft you're looking for so yeah i guess they're going to be maybe like you said maybe looking at looking at this as capital like maybe they'll be looking at a locket maybe they'll be looking at a dk because they took a substantial jump. And it's not even just because of like, they're still Kansas City. They're still a great team. Don't get me wrong. And they have Patrick Mahomes, who may be the best quarterback in the league. It's not about that. It's about you lost a big weapon in a division that has a ton of weapons. Right. On a team where you were already kind of expo- exposed for not having enough, right? Like yeah. um, for forever, it was, you could just cover up Tyreek Hill and everything was fine because no one was getting open underneath. Now you have Juju who can get open underneath, but now you got no one who can take the top off the defense in a reliable fashion. So holy crap. Yeah, this, this has put Kansas City well behind things now. And I, yeah, I, I think you have to overpay now to, to go out and get one of these big name receivers if you want to keep up in this division. Because I'm with you. Like I, I, I think Patrick Mahomes can get his way out of almost anything. But yeah. I have them firmly fourth now in this division with this trade. Well, and again, you look at the secondaries, right? I mean, the Raiders are working on this stuff with Stephen Gilmore and Honey Badger. And even if not, you know, Tyrone Mullen is still one of the best young cornerbacks in that league. And I'm sure he can handle Juju Smith. Uh, but you're already going against Patrick Sertan and then uh, mm-hmm. JC Jackson, right? So the secondaries, you have to worry about against these receivers that are mediocre to okay. All of a sudden, that's a big side of you. Patrick Sertan may start being by the end of this time next year we might be considering Patrick Sertan the best corner in the league for how good he is and you know JC Jackson had nine interceptions last year and like I said the Raiders are working on growing theirs if not Tyrone Mullen is still a really good quarterback according to PFF I think he was a top 10 last year so um that's they have to they have to continue to uh get better And, and so the receiving market free agent wise what they can do we know they're meeting with MVS today I would assume they'll sign him um, but yeah. elsewhere, the other big names is you have Odell Beckham, who will not be back until what week eight, week nine, maybe if you're going to take that roll of the dice. Yeah, like that. That one seems kind of like a lock to do now. Like you, you just yeah. you have to do that, right? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, like, holy crap. Like the, the good thing is like, that they have addressed the offensive line in the last couple of years? Yes. Um, which helps them, I guess, in, in this situation, because like we talked about, like you have great corners and you're not going to have a whole lot of time to try to expose those great corners because each team in this division has two high level pass rushers, generally yeah. one elite level pass rusher, and then one really damn good pass rusher after that. Um, it's yeah. Like I, holy crap, Kansas city is in some trouble right now. And yeah, th- this is on, this is on March 23rd, right? Like yeah. um, at, we are recording this as the trade is coming down. So who knows what, what moves Kansas city can make, but it's, it is very clear now they need to make a move and probably two, quite frankly, to get back to where they were at this point, 24 hours ago. Yeah. You mentioned the pass rusher thing, right? Just, just the pass rushing alone. You're going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You're going against Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. And then you're going against Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Yeah. Good luck with that. Not to mention then, other players like Denzel Perriman, for example. Right. Yeah. And also like with some of these safeties who can come in and ruin a quarterback's yeah. day every now and then yeah. um, with guys like potentially Matthew and yeah. James. And it's just like, this division is insane, man. Like it, it's ridiculous. All of this. Um, just a, a quick one. Cause I, I'm just, again, we're, we're kind of processing all of this yeah, yeah, all yeah. at once. Um, as of today, would Patrick Mahomes be the number one quarterback in fantasy anymore? No, no, no. Mahomes. Right. No, nope. uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's Rodgers. I don't, I wouldn't say it's Russ because I'm still not sure about, you know, this is why I'm very leery still of the Broncos offense because Russ did take a step back. And I, and I know we're like Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. I haven't seen it. And maybe that's right. because of Drew Locke, but I have to see it. And Sutton always gets hurt. So, and they don't really have a tight end. Um, I, I definitely do think Derek Carr's status as a fantasy quarterback went up, but obviously not number one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who the number one, I mean, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is, if they got a receiver in the draft, Jalen Hurts' stock will go up because of the rushing that he can do. I, it may be Kyler. It may be Kyler. Yeah. And honestly, it probably is Kyler at this yeah. point because of, again, the, the the rushing and everything that he can do. Like maybe another year of Justin Herbert in that system. Like, um, but I, I think from a fantasy perspective. Tua stock went up, man. Tua, Tua right, stock yeah. went up because he can <laughs> yeah. run. He can, he has Jalen Waddle. He has Tyreek Hill. He has Galeski there. He has a nice run game there. This is, this is a make or break season for Tua, by the way. Uh, to kind of folks in the Dolphins, like there's no excuses for two. There's a few quarterbacks we have like that, right? The Raiders obviously have it with Derek Carr. It's like, there's right. no excuses anymore. You have a weapon now. You have a number one receiver. Yeah. Uh, for for Tua, you have a weapon you're familiar with with Jalen. You have good running backs in the back. You short up your O-line. The defense needs a little bit of work. But now we gave you a number one receiver in Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and uh, just thinking, uh, Josh Allen is probably it. Um, because yes, he has the running out. Yeah, we're guard. in. We're processing uh, everything. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just uh, my my process is always okay. Run through the divisions, and then yeah. okay. My for whatever reason, my first one is always um, AFC East, Buffalo. Oh, Josh Allen. Okay, we're yeah. Good. It's Josh. Allen. Um, Josh yeah, Allen. MVP yeah, like, odds went through the roof now too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott, I think now is in the conversation as well. But Josh yeah. Allen's the only one that I'm drafting in the first like five. Oh, rounds. by the way, you bring up Dak. They added. Um... The guy from Dallas that was actually not bad last year is one of the receivers there. I remember now. Um, what's his name? You know, they had that second, the third receiver that was kind of breaking out in some games. Oh, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, they added Wilson. Right. I liked I him a lot. So yeah. like that's a sneaky receiving uh, side there now. 
And Lynn Bowden, who I think they're going to use as like a Swiss Army knife kind of guy as well. Mm-hmm. So, man, Cedric I love Wilson, like, that too. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy to me. And the, like, the, like you said, the Dolphins get a lot better. Um, and this, every excuse is now gone for Tua, right? Like this, this has to be the year for Tua. Um, if you're going to go out and you're going to like actually do something. And now like you look at the, the rest of this division, um, like for, for new England, that gap just got a lot wider. And for the jets now, like they, they already had some catching up to do this is, I, Again, just processing all of this all at once. Like the Dolphins get substantially better and are now closer to a playoff spot because they just knocked Kansas City out of a playoff spot temporarily with, with this whole thing. Um, so you wonder now what is like if the Jets Jets were willing to give up X amount for Tyreek Hill, do they go out and try to give up that for DK Metcalf? Right. Like yeah. if I'm Seattle, I'm going to to the Jets and be like, hey, what were you going to give up over there? Give us for, back our pick. For that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, can, can you just do that here? We'll give you Metcalf and, and off we go. And then that again, takes away a potential option for a green Bay and for, for a Kansas city. So that this, again, anytime there's an NFL move right now, there's just a bunch of dominoes everywhere else. If you're Kansas city, do you roll the tires on a Jalen Rieger? Uh, I mean, depending on the price, I would yeah. like, I'm not giving up anything substantial for it. That, that has to be, I, if I'm bringing him in, he has to be my number three. I, I need yeah. to get a, I need to get a dude and then have Juju and then have Rager. Just, Hey, can you run really fast that way? Um, that, that's that, that would be where I would be at right now with them. It's uh, I mean, in some ways I'm almost thinking Peter teams, I'm, I'm cutting off in the playoffs now. Like I, I don't think the Pats are a playoff team next year. Now I just don't, I don't no. think the Jets are a playoff team um, because I think that um, Watson will be suspended uh, and even if he was playing, I don't think the Browns are a playoff team right now. The Steelers, no. that defense is really, really good, but Trubisky is their quarterback. It may be Malik Willis is their quarterback. I don't know. I don't think the Steelers are a playoff team. They'll be in the wild card contention, but they're not a playoff team. The Jags are out the, and the Texans are out. And then Kansas City is on that borderline of some of those teams. They'll be fighting right. for the wild card, but you know, you're looking at, you know, you have what, seven playoff teams, right? So Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. Colts, Titans, that's five, Bengals, Ravens, Buffalo, Miami. So there's nine there that we think have a chance. So two of those teams aren't going to make it. If I had to guess, I'd probably go with only one AFC South team and only one AFC East team, and then maybe Baltimore and uh, and the and Bengals are the other team that have the two, and then Raiders, yeah. Broncos, and Chargers are the teams that go from there, and Kansas City misses it, and – yeah. Like, like I said, the, the hope for everyone else is that the, the AFC West teams all just go three and three against each other. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple of banana peels along the way. Like they just actually cancel each other out so that maybe there, there is only one or two playoff teams coming out of there and then you can, can kind of squeak in. But yeah, like if, if you're, if you are a, a Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, where, like you said, they have all the weapons now, except that quarterback spot. Because I, I like the receiving options there. Obviously, the running back is very good. That defense can be really, really good. Um, what do you like? Trubisky isn't going to be enough in that position to to be able to get the job they done. Had Miles but, like, Jacks it, of that defense, Peter. They had Miles Jacks. That's geez. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, do do you go out and now overpay for like a Jimmy Garoppolo or 
a Baker Mayfield. Probably they're not hoping Pittsburgh. Baker gets cut. Apparently, they're keeping an eye on Baker. And then last night, Tomlin had dinner with Malik uh, Malik Willis as well. So, yeah. But I don't know if Malik will fall to them. I can see. I I had one person like, oh, Malik Willis won't go in the. He won't fall to the late twenties. I'm like, you forget GMs are stupid, and that some GM saw that arm mystery is like me like far arm. Yeah. My my guess would be eight at Carolina. Um, yeah, that, that would be my my that's the kind of That's guess. why they don't want Baker, right? Right, and I think that is a wild reach for yeah, for Willis. I agree. Where he is at right now, there is a potential that he could get there, um, and I would be very intrigued by him in Carolina. And then, like, maybe do you roll the dice with a Sam Darnold? You know, like we we haven't seen it necessarily work. But what else? I, I would rather Sam Darnold than Mitch Trubisky right now. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, looking at the rest of this divi- uh, looking at the rest of this conference, another name that could be available receiver wise is a Brandon Cooks, who. Yes could all of a sudden be worth a first round yeah. pick given yes. the, the desperation. And like, if I'm the Texans, I would take 29 for Brandon cooks. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not taking him for Matt Caff or Michael Thomas, but for Brandon cooks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Come on. We, we just, we're going to be as bad as we want to be for the next couple of years. So come on in, take our bread. We're, we're giving David Mills two years unless he's yeah. really bad this year. And then even like, I think even the Texans like, yeah, David Mills is the quarterback until, you know, CJ Richardson or Bryce Younger is our quarterback. <laughs> Holy crap. This is craziness, man. Yeah, C- I, CBS is going to have to load up on dudes. Cause there's going to be like eight good games in the uh, AFC every week. Uh, and the crazy thing too, to take a, an example, uh, to look at this side of things, Peter is um, the window, the Kansas city missed the window. Is it, is it kind of mm. like what the Seahawks had, right? They had this window. You thought they'd win multiple super bowls and yep. now has that window shut on them because of the competition around them and the competition, in their own division, the competition from the team, like the bills. Uh, I, I think the Colts can absolutely be a super bowl team now with Matt Ryan, which we haven't even got to. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about March madness and I'd like to have like a nice, neat two hour limit on these pods. And we're almost at the hour mark here. So we'll see where we get to. It might just be a lot of NFL and a little bit of March madness, but um, I, I wonder where that Kansas city window is now. Um, you know, where, you know, you, you lose that year to, New England, then you win the Super Bowl, then you lose it to Tampa, then you have the collapse against the Bengals. And I just, I do not see at, at this point right now, things can change. But on March mm-hmm. 23rd, uh, 2022, I think that window is closed a little bit. I do not see Kansas City in the conference championship next year. No, I don't. We just talked, I don't see them in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I don't, um, that, that's the thing. Yeah. And it's like, again, like, I didn't see them there before, right? Like, well, the playoffs I did, but I I didn't see them in the conference finals before because Mm -hmm. I thought they needed to add something else to this team. And then they added Juju and I was like, okay, I can, I can at least squint and see Kansas city as the favorite now in the AFC West. Um, And now you lose Tyreek. And now like, I I think you need to make a big move so that you are back in a spot where I still think you need to improve from. Like I I thought there was still some growth that they needed 24 hours ago when we thought Tyreek Hill was going to be super fast and happy in Kansas city for forever. Um, I I thought there was still like an addition or two that needed to be made to that defense that played better when Frank Clark came back. Yeah. But I I think needs to needed to shore up a couple of things. Like this is yeah. Kansas city. And it's, it's such a weird part in the off season because so much has already happened, right? Like there's already been so much movement. Like if this, if this goes down a couple of weeks ago, then they're probably the ones in on Tyreek or on, on Devonte Adams. Sorry. Right. So is, man, oh man, is the is happiest crazy. team right now, who's the happier team right now? Uh, the chargers Broncos Raiders or the Buffalo bills. 
I know, and I know Tyreek <laughs> goes in their division. I know that, but the obstacle of them is out of the way potentially now. Yeah. I think it's the Bills because they, they I, I think, rock it up as the, the favorite coming out of the AFC now, right? Like, as good as Chargers, Broncos, Raiders all are, yeah. none of them are Buffalo, right? No. Um, like, I, I they think added the Bills, Von Miller. Yeah, right. Um, one thing, one team that we, we, we've kind of glossed over them a little bit. I've loved the offseason Cincinnati's had, you know, and yeah. they, oh, they were God. the ones who were in the Super Bowl. And then yeah. they, they, they had one weakness and they have solidified the fuck out of that thing um, with the offensive line. And I, I think like they probably second to favorite now in the AFC, but I think the Buffalo Bills yeah. are like the Kings of the castle right now in the AFC. And, and this path is clear for Josh Allen, who I think it's easy to forget had the game of his life in the AFC divisional round. And, you know, that's a team, too, that they are in the Honey Badger and the Stephen Gilmore sweepstakes, too. That's the team that's also been linked to them outside of uh, Vegas right now. It's, it's Cincinnati. It's because that's one of the spots that they're trying to shore, obviously, all the Eli Apple memes from mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. So they're trying to still solidify that spot of, of their side. And maybe, you know, that's when you talk about quarterbacks and fantasy. I mean, if you get Burrow and you get Chase in fantasy next year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Burrow is going to be high up there for, for fantasy drafts as well. Yeah, you're right. But no, I, I really like what the, the Bengals have done this offseason. But I, I think the, the big winner of this is obviously Miami. But you're right. Yeah. Even though they have to deal with Tyreek Hill a couple of times, they, they only have to deal with Tyreek Hill with Tua throwing to him. So yeah. they're, they're, they're fine. Uh, come playoff time, Buffalo, the, the kings of the AFC right now. And we still have like a month till the draft. Who knows? Yeah, and so and on the cold side of things, just really like them getting Matty Ice. Um I, I thought it's it's a, it's an adult in the room. If that makes if that's the best way I can put it. It's an adult in the room. Yeah. He's not. He's, he's going to make minor mistakes, but he's going to a lot of those games that they, like he would not have lost that Jacksonville game at all. No, and he has great receivers there in Pittman, um, and I'm forgetting their other receiver because there's so many names moving around right now. Um, yeah, uh, and you know he has Jonathan Taylor back there. Maybe one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the AFC at times. Um, just an adult in the room and. That uh, Titans and Colts, uh, those matchups. I mean, there's so many primetime matchups next year. Like, we're going to have to have Friday Night Football, I swear. Because, like, those those Bills and Dolphins games I want to see, all these Colts and Titans games I want to see, I want to see every Ravens and and Bengals game, you know, uh, outside. And and by the way, too, on top of all of this that's kind of dug down is Lamar Jackson has not re-signed with Baltimore and wants to be paid like Aaron Rodgers. And he, they're right. not budging, I think, on $35 million. And uh, it'll be very interesting, for example, because Derek Carr is in negotiations for his contract extension. If Derek Carr comes out and gets, like, let's say, $40 million, uh, for his contract extension, that, I think, is going to set Lamar Jackson off. And we could potentially, I don't think it will, but we could potentially see Lamar Jackson maybe even get traded still because they have the, Tyro- the, the Huntley piece to their backdrop, the Ravens, right? So that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on still, too. I would like, I understand that there is that safety there. I would caution the Ravens against that because we saw the longer Huntley was in the lineup, the less effective he got. Like the more tape people got uh, on Huntley, the the more exposed he was, he was. Um, But you're right. Like that Lamar Jackson thing is just slowly fading in the background. The issue is 
like the, the most quarterback needy team right now is the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if Cleveland's not trading with Pittsburgh, Baltimore sure as hell isn't trading with Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that Lamar storyline is hanging over everything. You're right. Um, and I, I even look like Jacksonville, you know, like they, they, they spent a whole bunch of money on a bunch of number three receivers. So I don't think they're going to be better, but Trevor Lawrence, what we have to assume is going to get better at some point this year. Like yeah. there, there's very, we, we know for 100% fact, that the Houston Texans are going to suck something fierce this year. And, and I, yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I was just focusing on the AFC. Oh, um, yeah. Like just in the AFC, like the jets are probably going to take a bit of a step and mm-hmm. it's like all these teams are at least a little bit better. I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to be in the playoff hunt or anything like that, but Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Th- this whole thing is insane. But back to where th- this whole thing started, I I'm, I'm with you. The Colts are a playoff team last year. If Matt Ryan is their quarterback. Yeah. Um, I don't think they lose that Jacksonville game. And quite frankly, as, as much as I appreciated it, yeah. I don't think they no. lose that Raider game no, either. Not a chance. Um, that, that fourth quarter collapse isn't happening yeah. with, with Matt Ryan there. And so I, I think that move makes the Colts, the or yeah, the Colts, the favorite in the AFC South. But I think the Titans got better by adding Robert Woods to their receiving core yeah. um, and, and moving out Julio Jones. So I, I think there there is an upgrade there all of a sudden. Um AFC yeah, is, is ridiculous. Like, honestly, like I said, give me all, like, we need football on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just do a game every single day. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm happy. I'm happy that ESPN went out and improved their broadcast yeah. for Monday Night Football with Buck and Aikman. And now Thursday is going to be Al Michaels and is it Herb Street? Um, it's Herb Street. Yeah, there was, there was a rumor for a second it was McAfee, and I'm like, that's going to be interesting how that would work. And then they went yeah. with Herb Street. Right. I think that'd be fun. Ma- Michaels and, and McAfee would be a blast. Oh my God. Um, I want it so bad. But like for, for prime time now, like Tariko slides into that Sunday night role, yeah. I think very, very easily. I, yeah. I think he is quite good actually. Yeah, me too. Um, and, and so now like all the primetime broadcasts are set and at least watchable. We don't and know who Fox that, is this yet. That's the question now who, who will be the Fox right. people. I would assume Burkhart um, gets it. He, he's kind of been like Joe Buck light. Um, at times. And, and so I would Greg imagine Olsen? he moves into that slot. Yeah, that's that's the one. I don't know if Olsen's ready for it. That's where I could see McAfee, maybe. Like, I, he, mm. he's kind of free agent and doesn't, like, go yeah. to just one network. But Fox already has him on SmackDown. And yeah. he, he's been phenomenal there. So I wonder if he just slides into the NFL role. Um, Give me for- a Team Qualib and <laughs> McAfee together. <laughs> we, need, we need Gus Johnson and Akeem yes, to move. Those- with McAfee. move into the AFC to oh with Mac, oh my god yeah with McAfee that'd be amazing but we need to move them into the AFC so they can just freak out about them every week yeah. oh yeah it's I know we can't do games on Thursday Friday or Saturday because of college football but I'm like at this point I'm like NFL if you were ever going to do Friday or Saturday games this is the year to do it because you know there's just games like how are we going to do one of these AFC West games of the three now even Kansas City will still put up a fight because they have Pat Mahomes of like, how are we going to do that in a regular season CBS Sunday game? How are we going to do that? Right. Yeah. Like even like, how are you even going to put some of these at one o'clock? You know, like they, they have know. to at least be in the four o'clock time slot. Um, yeah. But no, you're right. Like it's, I don't, I don't even know. Like I was thinking that red zone is going to be off the hook this year. But like you said, I want to watch all of these games, like start to finish. Like I, I, I want this to be kind of how the, the weekend of March Madness is set up where it's just like everything is staggered one after the other. I want to be yeah. watching the late game. Like it's the, the pack 12 at like midnight Eastern time. Cause I want to watch all these games individually now. 
well, like Bills and, and Dolphins as much CTV for both those offenses. Like it's going to be electrifying to watch Bills and, yep. and, 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 and Dolphins there. And good for the Bills and Dolphins. They had to watch Tom Brady all these years. And like, it's our yep. time now. Insert yeah. Skip Bayless meme. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the last thing is just the AFC, the NFC. Wah, wah. <laughs> well, but like the NFC, you, you still have Tom Brady. Um, yep. You still have Aaron Rodgers. Now they need some help. Um, Rams. You, you have the Rams who are still quite good. We, you still have the Cardinals who are still pretty good. Uh, the 49ers, I still think are going to be, you know, pretty good football team. Cowboys are going to be right there. I don't know. Like the, the thing, everyone's like, oh, it's the AFC and whatever. And I, I've been very guilty of that. Even on this yeah. show, it's just kind of football, you know, like the, like you said, we know the Falcons are going to suck. That, that is pretty comparative. Yeah, Panthers are going to be bad. I'm pretty sure Seattle's going to be terrible. Yeah, Giants. Um, Giants are going to be bad. Like, there's more bad teams Lions, in the NFC. We just, Lions, again, we've talked. We kind of have a soft spot for this Lions team. And I think they yeah. kind of have fantasy guys now. Like, Amon St. Brown is a fantasy guy. Swift yep. is a fantasy guy. You know, uh, the their, their tight end that I always butcher his last name. Um, he's a fantasy guy, right? So they have some fantasy guys, and I think – I think Detroit will take a minor improvement this year too with, you know, where they're drafting. And I, I was really hoping they'd get Aiden, but it really seems mm. like the Jays are taking Aiden now after improving their old line. Yeah. Um, and, and I think like you look at Minnesota does just a, a coaching change there help yeah. unlock things a little bit. Adam Zedaria Smith uh, definitely helps. <laughs> also that yes. Like yeah. this, Football is just crazy. Like the AFC is insane because there's only a couple teams that we know are going to be bad. There's a few that we know are going to be bad in the NFC, but there's a lot of like Dallas is still really good uh, as fraudulent as they may be. And as overhyped as they may be, it's yeah. still a good football team. CD Lamb fantasy there. stock, by the way. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be uh, <sighs> it's you're always kind of like, Oh, can I have football now? <laughs> And now it's yeah. like, wow, it's so far away. And luckily we're going to be spoiled here with uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, uh, baseball and WNBA and, you know, people that love F1. Uh, there's still yep. a lot of stuff that kind of keep us entertained until then, but it's just like, and CFL obviously coming back. And I have a bone to pick with not the CFL, but with young rock about the CFL from yesterday. Um, oh. Yeah. But just my God, Peter. Oh, I know it, it's nuts. And like, you think about it for us, like professional wrestling, we're into WrestleMania season right now, oh, which geez, is, yeah. but you got WrestleMania season coming up. AEW is just batshit crazy all the time. What is Rain of Honor going to be? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> New Japan probably is like, they're just kind of a sleeping giant right now. Well, we don't know what the um, G1's going to be. We don't know if Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is going to be in the G1 or what's going right. to happen. Exactly. So, and then you like did the UFC always ramps it up summertime? Uh, like we have to talk about just, the UFC still. From yesterday. It's just an it's just an amazing time to be a, a sports fan. But you're right. If nothing else, can we just kind of fast track the uh, the the Madden release to, to now? Can we oh can God. we just get yes. the new Madden game out now? Yes. Yes. Uh, so this is what I'm going to do uh, because I know Peter wants to share this audio on Couch Potato as well. So I'm going to split the NFL part separately here. And then we'll kind of get to everything else just because then it can kind of be a standalone pod because I know people want to listen to all that stuff and then we'll get to the other stuff. Uh, any last NFL things before I kind of cut this this uh, this part out for part one? 
Man, it, it's just like I said, it's a crazy time, and we still have the draft coming up, and now there 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 are so many dominoes to fall. So I, I I don't have anything else to add because I think we've talked at least glancingly about every team in the NFL uh, because every team kind of gets affected by all of this. It's awesome, but good for so, the good for the Dolphins for for making a big splash here today. And here's just some of the names uh, before we end up. The big names that are still available in free agency. Uh, quarterbacks, there's still some quality quarterbacks for backups, but uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still around. Geno Smith. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton. Again, I think these guys can all be capable uh, backups. Trevor Simeon, Cam Newton. I think Cam's out of the league. I think, uh, do you agree with that? Cam's kind of done. Yeah. Uh, running backs, we still have Melvin Gordon, Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Marlon Mack, Justin Jackson uh receiver uh this is the part where kansas city is going to be having to look at and same with green bay odell beckham julio jones jarvis Landry, will fuller ty hilton emmanuel sanders tight end um rob gronkowski jared cook blake jarwin jimmy graham eric ebron so big names there Some names um on the offensive side um dwayne brown and eric fisher are still available out there um mm. On uh, defensive tackle, Calais Campbell, Sheldon Richardson, Adamic and Sue, Akeem Kicks are all still Ooh. available. Yeah, it's crazy there. On your edge rush, you still have Davion Clowney, Justin Houston, Jerry Hughes, Melvin Gordon, Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, linebacker, you still have Bobby Wagner, Dante Hightower, Anthony Brown. Cornerback, you still have Stephen Gilmore, Patrick Patterson, Joe Hayden, for example. And then safety, you have Honey Badger, Kareem Hunt, Jabril Peppers, and then he had Jabril Peppers. I'm kind of shocked at. I thought he kind of came on a little bit at the end there for the for the Giants, and he's so athletic, and you can use him. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised someone hasn't taken a chance on Jabril yet. Yeah, I think that's just one where teams just figure out your safety at the end. Um, yeah. You know, like the I, I think that's a part of it. The, the name on there that that intrigued me. I mean, there's a few like defensive tackle. There's a few good names there, yeah. and I would be I'd be looking at the Chargers as potentially a team that would try to, to solidify that position. Yeah. Um, Will Fuller, if he could ever stay healthy, could be one of those. Like I could see a Green Bay or a Kansas City taking a shot at him. Or yeah. if you are Seattle and you're moving a DK Metcalf, bring him in and just see what you can do and hope that your training staff is is better than what he's had so far. I've seen him connected to Cleveland as well. Um, just for oh, the yeah. connection he had with that past quarterback that was there that we're not going to talk about. Uh, yeah. I've seen that as well for him. But uh, yeah, just uh, number one, the luck to have a trade break on a podcast is not always something that happens. So yeah, good for us and uh, just a great day for the NFL. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to part one here of uh, the NFL breakdown. And then we'll get to everything else here at part two. that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent. There are X's where the A's would be in both Wasted and Talent. And you can find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Very pleased to be joined by a professional wrestler. She is the women's champion for Can-Am Wrestling, among a number of other titles. She is Kat Von Hees. Kat, thank you for doing this today. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. Um, so I guess we can uh, start at the beginning. Well, what, what drove you to get into this wonderful world of professional wrestling? Um, I like watched it a lot when I was a kid. I mean, 
for a stint, I was with um, my babysitter actually, and he was really big into wrestling. So I watched it when I was really young. And then I went through hiatus for a bit because my parents weren't really into sports. And uh, I don't think we had the channels at the time, but then I got back into it when I was kind of in my early teens and um, just went hog wild and a bunch of, I went to like the rental stores, like the blockbusters and just rented as many DVDs as I could find and just like lived in my room. Um, and I always wanted to be one, but then kind of just this, when you watch like that whole attitude era, I was very like, my body was obviously at that age or kind of like, well, I'm, I can't look like a diva. I can't look like a woman's wrestler. And so I was always self-conscious, but I always wanted to do it. And um, I went into high school and there was a wrestling team and they were the first team to really give me an opportunity to like try a sport. And uh, I was naturally pretty decent at it. And I lost a bunch of weight and I saw that my dream could become a reality and uh, started talking to a lot of local guys um, back in the MySpace days <laughs> and <laughs> right. Aging myself a little bit here. Um, but yeah, uh, just started talking to local guys and started going to the shows. But I mean, it all started with like, I don't know, just I got obsessed with China when I was really young and mm. I just saw her. And I was like, she's amazing. She's different. She's like just broke so many ceilings for, for women to look different. And so I saw that as my opportunity to like be a, like a different female at the time when everybody was looking, you know, more like a, a model or a, like a, just like a really, really beautiful woman. And I, I said that I was always pretty, but I just didn't feel like my body fit the mold and I always wanted to be something different. Okay. Um, for the record, that is a blockbuster reference and a MySpace reference in the first answer. So we are, we are on fire with 90s references so far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I always find that interesting when, when you hear uh, about like, well, yeah, watch the Attitude Era. And for like a white dude like me, um, it, it uh, probably hit a little bit differently than for, for someone like yourself when the treatment of women wasn't progressive I think would be the nice way of putting it but then to, to tie it back in with China um it, it really does kind of remind you like how different she was and, and how I guess impactful she was as a performer yeah it kind of just like you know I as a girl who obviously women go through all those phases of feeling like really insecure and like there's you know the social like the media and everything portrays what women should look like mm -hmm. and it was just nice to see someone that like didn't fit that and um being like someone that comes from more of like a strength background like my grandparents had an acreage so like I always did a lot more physical labor as a as a young girl that some of my friends definitely didn't have to do and so I just never felt like I fit the the mold of this really small athletic girl and I mean I was a bowler for 15 years so my athletic career didn't start off at a really strong note there <laughs> Um, so like, it was a big transition, obviously, to go from like bowling to something physical, but China made me feel like, man, like I could, I could be like her. And mm -hmm. so it really something to hold on to. And then once I lost a lot of weight doing amateur wrestling in high school, um, it kind of just felt like the, the goal was attainable. Yeah. Uh, look, let, let's not hate on bowling here. My legs are sore for three days after bowling, but that might say more about me than it does about the bowling. Um, <laughs> but you, you yeah, talked bowling. about, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was like, bowling doesn't get enough uh, credit. I mean, it's not the most challenging sport in the world to do, but until you're in it competitively, you don't realize that like 
you do 21 games in three days for tournaments sometimes. And it's just, it's more intense once you're actually doing like national levels or provincial levels. And you would never think bowling gets to that level, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> and the parents are nuts. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough sport in some ways, but it's definitely not the same as professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, a little different there. A little different. Um, you, you talked before about how uh, on the amateur side, there was kind of something that was like, oh yeah, I, I, I could do this. Um, I'm always fascinated with this, with professional wrestling, because there is obviously that there's a, a lot to learn and a lot of growth that needs to happen. But then something for a lot of performers, it just kind of like clicks. Was there that kind of like light bulb moment for you? Like, oh dang, like I'm, I'm good at this. I can do this a lot now. What well, was there kind of that moment for you? Um, I don't think I can like pinpoint a specific moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like, I think just, I really wanted to do it so bad that like, you know, no one like starts out and like, they're just great. Like it's very rare that you find someone that just has like this natural talent, um, and just knows what to do. And like, they're not only great physically, but they're great with like connecting with people and stuff like that and they go through like we go like an identity crisis like who are we in there and and what kind of persona do we want to play but um I think it just like over time became like there was a moment where like okay people are contacting me like people are actually like you know like promoters are trying to to book me in separate occasions and like I didn't contact them there was just moments where like you started feeling more adequate and people were starting to notice what you were doing and uh, I just knew that at the time too, it was different. Like I didn't, I'm not a flyer, I'm more of a strength wrestler. And at the time there's so few women. So um, it was just uh, when I had these moves that were different, I think I went to a show in the States and um, one of the guys came up to me and just said like, listen, I've never seen anyone do like half the moves you're doing, especially from a female. So it was just really a moment for me where I was like, oh, okay, like maybe I've got something. Nice. Um, yeah. Now coming up, like you said, like that there aren't a whole lot of women who are, are doing this on the, I guess, independent scene or whatever you want to call it. But um, a lot of times you'll see a card and it's like, oh, and this is the women's match on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Well, when you have those, and a lot of times everyone's kind of at the, the same experience level, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, is it because on, on with the, with the guys, there's a bunch of vets they can go talk to and stuff like that. Is that the, the same for, for women's wrestlers as well? Or because it's a little bit limited, are you just like getting any morsel of information you can from anyone? That's essentially it. I mean, like I didn't have um, a lot of women to like go to. I mean, there was women I looked up to once I started getting into the independent scene. Like I think um, I, and I didn't get to wrestle her till recently, which was like Lufisto and stuff. She like, broke a lot of ceilings for women in indie wrestling and um she's just an incredible talent um but like locally like I was the only girl in Winnipeg for like well I don't think there has been another girl coming out of Winnipeg recently um and then I mean Bambi Hall kind of broke in around the same time so we kind of grew up together like we were like married to each other and then separated for like seven years you know but um, I really went, like went under most of the, like my mentors were men. So like Vance Nevada was one of my, my mentors and still talk to him to this day. And we still, I still get his advice and he's still um, like 
doing his thing in the indie scene and, and like he's done a lot for a lot of up-and-coming wrestlers just to kind of guide you on the right path like what not to do what to do and um he saw like he always saw potential in people and he kind of gave you that boost of confidence you needed to kind of stay on track but now there's more women so I mean I guess being in the business 10 years I've kind of become a vet um but there's a lot more women to talk to now so there's a lot more people and like with social media and like all those platforms it's easier to reach out to people and I feel like more people are receptive to kind of helping out up and coming talent too mm-hmm. so like I think that's been a good shift too because I mean when I started social media was like so so like you might have had Facebook and MySpace like I said and that was really you didn't have Instagram and Snapchat and like Twitter and all these platforms to to reach out and communicate with you know the people that you wanted to emulate the most so mm-hmm. um yeah women women's different even like we went to the CACs a few years ago and Trish Stratus won uh, an award and you know there's always a lot of guy names there for for people to go talk to which I mean I take advantage of as well but um you know when Trish was there like women the women didn't get a lot of time to talk to like, you know what I mean like the one time that older that we could actually talk to um we don't usually there's just too many questions to ask so a lot of times you don't get that time with someone of that caliber of someone that with that status to like pick their brain and stuff so it doesn't happen for the women as easily or as much as it could or should right with that in mind as you mentioned 10 years in the business now that that would put you in vet territory for sure um Mm -hmm. is it important for you with with some of the the younger wrestlers and there are a few of them with can am um a a lot of nights when you're in there you're you're the more experienced of the two is it important for you to to kind of be that vet now to the younger performers um yeah i always i mean it's really important that like i mean the business is not always kind and it's not always uh friendly and women have a harder time sometimes navigating certain avenues and um you know if I can help them along the way and help you know them not go through some of the struggles that some of the other women I know and myself have gone through Mm -hmm. it's important to me that they don't have to go through those struggles I mean you can't always prevent it but you can help you know be the person they talk to ask questions to um And then kind of when I just see that they need some help, like I don't, it's, it's harder now with my schedule, but I don't, I'd like to, I like to get in the ring with them or, um, you know, at least try to like leave my stamp on them somehow if, and, and hopefully they feel comfortable enough if they have questions or concerns, um, talking to me and and getting some advice from me. Um, but I'd like to help out as much as I can. It's, it's wrestling is also about giving back to the next generation so that wrestling can continue to evolve and, I'm thankful for all the women that did that for me. Right. Well, and also if, if they get better, that gives you better opponents to work with as well. Like it's kind of a, a circle of life kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Now um, the, the last couple of years for, for every industry has been a little bit challenging, um, but with professional wrestling when so much, and we saw with the, the, the big TV companies, how much the crowd can actually affect things. It, it looks like we're, we're kind of on the other side of this thing now, and we're starting to get a few more people into buildings and, and things like that. But how, from a, a performer standpoint, where you, you want to go out there, you, you are still learning, you want to grow. And the only way to do that is in a ring in front of people. And both of those opportunities were limited. How, how frustrating was that? And now how exciting is it that maybe we're at the end of this thing, hindering that sort of a thing? Well, yeah, it definitely was so different. I mean, like um, when they first shut things down, 
obviously we couldn't really do anything. Um, there was the odd show that would pop up, but like with the restrictions, there was maybe like 50 people allowed in the building or a hundred. But then again, if a hundred doesn't show up, it's just every, and then everyone was spaced out. So like the, there was no, like the atmosphere was so different. So you found yourself not getting the same type of adrenaline, not the same kind of um, reactions. So you don't really know how to gauge like if what you're doing is like what they want to see, like, are you getting the same reactions for, for a new move that you wanted to try? Um, and then you couldn't really interact with fans. Right. So and that's, that's half the experience being able to like meet with them and like, you know, slap their hands on the way in. And like, it, it just really changed the atmosphere for wrestling. And then there was no wrestling for a long time. So a lot of people, I mean, you can't just like, you can go to the gym and you can try to stay in shape, but ring shape is, um, and bring cardio is different than running on a treadmill. So, um, a lot of us came back with a lot of ring rust on us and like, right. you know, trying to navigate that. But even then, like I've been wrestling since, um, June consistently last year. And, um, when the restrictions were still in place and it, it, it was, it was different. I mean, it really didn't, um, it didn't feel the same and everybody, you could tell people were, uncomfortable being out in public and it kind of just changed the atmosphere but it was just sucks that for people that are up and coming they couldn't travel they couldn't go to the U.S. without fear of getting stuck there and and basically not having any money right um, and so it's kind of it's been unfortunate for anyone I feel like breaking in the last two years or trying to hitting their stride it must have been difficult and and for me it's like I'd like to travel to the states and to other countries but it's just with um real life and, and, and working and stuff like that. It's really hard to justify leaving for th- like two weeks and then getting stuck there when you have to come back and, and either have other obligations or work to, to deal with. So it just was a, it was a risk to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And th- that would be, yeah, I, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be. And you talk about like uh, ring rust and going to the gym. Sometimes you couldn't even go to the gym. So it's like, you're going to like practice a headlock on your couch or something like that. Like that there, yeah. everything was just so limited. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was like fortunate. I was able to like stockpile like fitness equipment in my house, but it's not the same. Like, right. Um, and like, you, you just do your best, like you do your squats, you do your pushups, you do stuff. But like, um, especially in Canada too, like we have like long, um, winters, right. So mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just go run outside or whatever. And if you don't have a treadmill or a bike or something like that to do cardio in, like um, you can watch some, you know, wrestling tapes and try to stay fresh and come up with some new like moves that you'd like to try, but ultimately you can't try them until you encounter somebody that you can do them within a safe space. So right. uh, it's kind of put like a pause button on, on wrestling in some ways, mm-hmm. but um it also gave people time to like recoup and, and rest up and maybe come back fresh and um, analyze what they'd like to do with like with their character, maybe come back and restart. It's there's some positives with it, but it definitely was um, something I never thought I'd have to deal with both in my career and my lifetimes. So I'm sure that's how a lot of people feel about it. Totally. Um, checking out your, your social media, it, it seems like um, like weightlifting and powerlifting is kind of a passion of yours. A, uh, am I correct in that? And B, where did that come from? Um, yeah, like I, I love it. I sadly like with with years and tears uh, uh, like of wear and tear on my body, it's not as easy for me to like do it on a competitive level. Um, mm. But no, I mean, I was like I said, back in the day, like I was naturally just strong like my 
the farm, then not so much farm work, but you know, doing work with my dad, like, you know, helping him build like a garage or reshingle a house and like carrying up packs of shingles. And like, as a kid, I was just like, to me, that was normal. Like it was just normal work. Right. And, um, I think, I think I can't remember, I think I was like grade five and, um, we were setting up something for an event and they had those big banquet tables and, uh, everybody like the teacher's like oh yeah two kids three kids to a table and I just like went in I picked up the table by myself and like just like brought it up to my face like shimmied around and was carrying this thing by myself (laughs) (laughs) and like no 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 don't do that and I was like my dad works for like a school division so on my days off in my division I would go to work with him so I would help him set up events all the time so lifting those tables were like like nothing to me so um, when I got into high school, they're really, unfortunately, like, there's not a lot of sports, um, emphasis on strength in high school. Like they don't really encourage it. They don't talk about it. So I always mm. felt like, I just felt like I, there was potential for me to do something, but like, I wasn't a volleyball player, wasn't a basketball player. And, um, so when I finally was able to convince my parents to let me go to the school gym and go to the Y, I just like, I gravitated towards the weight room. I'm scared of it. But then I just saw these guys that were willing to kind of take me under their wing and be like, let me show you around. And yeah, like I was doing like, like heavy weights at 17. Like I got up to like, I think an 800 pound leg press at 17 for reps and my calf raises, which was like my pride and joy. I don't know why the heck I was so proud of it, but I did like 1100 on a standing calf raise. Holy cow. Cause I just saw all these guys. I was like, I can do that. And like, I just, push myself so I think um once I started getting out into like wrestling I started going to different gyms I was like oh look powerlifting like this is this is something I could try and I was just naturally better at it Mm -hmm. um and I just fell in love with it because I felt at home I finally felt like accepted for like what I was like I definitely I mean if you throw me on a sports team I'm not going to be like the worst one on the team but you know I'm not like a a star soccer player or I never felt like I fit in with what the rest of my kids and my the, the kids in my class were doing so when I picked up the weights and I was celebrated for my strength that felt like a I found a part of me that was missing so mm. um and then like as I got older I got into the strongman community out here in Edmonton and um I love it like the people are just it's like one big happy family I mean happy and dysfunctional at times but um no it was like everybody was so supportive everybody like your biggest competitor is like your biggest cheerleader too because they want to beat you at your best but I mean so many people would see me struggling with the new event and be like oh I want to help you with that and they would stop working out and come over and help you Mm. learn something new and it was just like a different community but it felt so good and um I encourage women that feel like they couldn't find their niche or like are naturally strong or like are worried about being like, I don't know, burly and, and judged for being too strong. I was like, just rock it. Like you're not, we're not all built the same. We're not all, you know, meant to do the same thing. And like, if this is what makes you happy and this is what makes you different, then I guarantee you, once you get in there with the right people that are going to celebrate who you are, like, you're going to feel so much better about what your body is, what your mentality is on like going to the gym. Cause a lot of people just don't go cause they feel so out of place. But uh, the strength community gives people a really positive like community to go into and, and feel like they could go there all the time and have friends and not feel judged 
for being different. That's awesome. Um, yeah. With uh, professional wrestling and with like training for powerlifting and stuff like that, um, uh, th- th- this may surprise you. I know nothing about either. So um, <laughs> for for this, uh, are there like contradictions where one works here, but the other one really doesn't work here? Uh, are there like similarities where, oh, I can take this from this world and put it into to this world? How how do the two, I guess, kind of commingle? Um, it's definitely tough. It's, it's, there's a gray area because obviously the strength and, um, learning to be more stable, uh, with, with your strength and your muscles. Like, like for me, it's like, I'm essentially a very good base for wrestling because of it. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can catch you, I can hold you, I can, um, uh, base and and I, and chances are you can pile stuff on me and I'm not just going to like, my muscles have really good stability, but I mean, with heavy lifting, like if you're going to go into a competitive, aspect of powerlifting where you're doing like, um, I mean, for me, like a 400 pound de- deadlift and stuff like that, it's not a fast movement. It's a completely different set of muscles that you're, you're kind of utilizing. So, um, it tends to slow you down a bit because it doesn't have any speed to it. So I found that like when I was really focusing on competing in strongman, like it was really hard for me to keep up on speed. So I find that's, that's the biggest struggle. I mean, I, the person I, I'd say would know the best would be like Jordan Grace is a perfect example of mm. commingling the two. Um, but there's a lot of injuries that can happen in, in powerlifting where, you know, one wrong step and you've hurt your back. And with wrestling, like you, your back is crucial. Like if you start having back injuries, like like that's your spinal column. Like if you can't support it or if you've got lower back injuries, I mean, it, it just takes one slip and you've got a slip disc and you've got nerves that are there that can cause paralysis. So you have to really be careful with like, is the, the risk worth it? And so, um, I, I found like I loved it and it was good for a long time, but I definitely had to kind of pick one mm. to, to, to focus on. Otherwise it was like, I was either not doing great in both and I was doing okay or I was like seeing more injuries happen than I would have had if I just stuck to wrestling, if I just stuck to powerlifting. So, right. yeah. Um, a couple more here for you. And, and thank you so much for, for your time today. Um, obviously a tough time in the, the wrestling industry. Um, Scott Hall passing away uh, this week as someone who rented the, the movies at Blockbuster and, and grew up during that time. Um, obviously he was a very important figure in that for, for someone who was in the wrestling industry, uh, I guess maybe just a, a couple of thoughts on how important he was to a boom period for this industry and the, the industry you work in as a whole. I mean, I think like, I mean, it depends on, I don't know how everybody feels about it, but like, I, I get attached to people, like even like people that I watched and stuff. So like when people like that pass away, like this is a brother and sisterhood. So whether you knew them personally or not, or in, you know, a lot of people's cases, you like watched him growing up, you feel kind of connected to that person. Um, it just, I don't know, like for me, it's, it's emotional to, to lose somebody. Like, I mean, we all end up losing like our you know, the fans end up seeing people pass away over years, but it's never easy. Like they, everybody in the business, especially during that time, um, had a lot to do with evolving the business in some way. And so for, for a lot of people and myself, like Scott Hall was just like that really cool bad guy. Um, he made you want to be a bad guy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and he was just, um, I mean, when I met him, I was like, 
I was like starstruck. I try not to be with when people, when people come in the locker room and uh, you know, they're at that level. I used to, I think when I first started, I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. I get so enamored. Um, now I try to keep that in my in, like internal so that I act like a professional. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's just one of those guys that has a presence that you can't help but just be in awe of him the whole time. And uh, he was super kind and, and such a, like a guy that he was a guy that truly wanted to give back to the business. Like he wanted to help people um, like evolve the business. So he mm-hmm. was always looking towards the future, always looking at like how he could help new talent so that they could help evolve the business for people in the future. Um, but uh I don't know if like those kinds of deaths, like just hit hard. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I cried a little bit when I found out. And um, I I know a couple of people uh, are, were closer with him that that he played a big role in kind of mentoring them through their career. And uh, I mean, that's, you lose that, like you lose the advice, you lose the, um, the knowledge. If you don't ask those questions, if you don't get the chance to meet them or, uh, the interviews that should happen don't happen. So it's always a sad day for wrestling when you lose someone of that caliber and of that uh, knowledge base Yeah. Um, too soon, you know, and so tragically just so quick, like you don't get a chance, you don't see it coming. So. Yeah. Just very, very sad. And just like out of nowhere for someone who it seemed had turned things around too. Um, yeah. I yeah. Mean, and it actually it, it was kind of hit home a little harder because my husband, uh, Bobby Sharp just had a hip replacement. Oh, wow. Um, in July. So when you hear of a complication like that, it, it's like, it could happen to, you know, someone on the, it, like my husband could have had that happen. It was just like, you don't think of like my husband went in for the surgery. That's pretty routine that a lot of people go through. So you're not thinking someone is especially like, I mean, I know Scott had, you know, years of, of struggles and stuff um, that, you know, a lot of people definitely learned from him too, like that it's possible to kind of move away from that stuff and reform yourself. But again, like he went in for a routine surgery and comes out with this situation. And like, that could have been my husband. That could have been a lot of wrestlers that go in for a surgery that just, you're thinking everything's going to be fine. And then the body just kind of backfires on you. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned your, your husband there, Bobby Sharp. Uh, you guys have wrestled against each other before. Um, <laughs> a, that had to be just like cool as hell to, to be able to do that. And B, do you talk about it on the way? Like, is there a, okay, we need to separate work and life and all this stuff? Or is it like, are, are you guys cleaning dishes? And like, you know, if we would have done this, the match would have been a little bit better. And it's, you know, like, how, <laughs> is there kind of that separation or is it just all engulfing? Um, I mean, there is separation. Like we do try to like turn off some of it but Mm -hmm. um anyone that knows my husband knows that like wrestling is life um like there is there is nothing else um for for hobbies and passion so um I don't think he ever fully turns it off and and I I mean I I kind of like linger on things when it comes to like matches that don't go the way I want them to go or a move that I tried that didn't like get the reaction I wanted so like we definitely do talk about it but I don't think we like stuck on it for days okay Um, but he always like wanted this to go somewhere and so like uh the angles were always like I don't know they were really fun I mean not very many wives get to like hit their husband or put them through tables and um (laughs) not get the cops called on them you know what I mean 
Right. And vice versa. So it definitely helps with therapy. Like you don't have to go for a couple's therapy. Uh, any sort of problems you have at home, if you don't intentionally mean to, they, they come into the ring with you. So, uh, you know, things are just, it just, you come back and there's like nothing to fight about because right. all the aggression has been left out there, but it definitely was a different dynamic. And I think the, the, the big one for us was the, um, the hair versus hair match in Saskatoon. Mm. Um, my parents were there and my grandmother was there, uh, and they got involved with my dad ripped the clippers from his hand and my grandma, he, my grandma, like bless her. Like she's, I like never, I didn't tell her to do anything. I just, cause I didn't expect she's so conservative, but uh, I just didn't think she'd get involved, but like he took her chair away from her and then she just started beating him with her purse. And it was just <laughs> so, um, like, I just, I didn't see it until after the show. Like I watched the footage back and it was yeah. just, it added so much to that match uh, to have them involved, but grandma was just perfect. And um, I'm blessed to have a family that just is okay being involved in those kinds of things. But um, yeah, it was, it was cool. We, we basically, I think feuded for almost two years between Saskatchewan and Alberta. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's a different dynamic for sure. And uh, we would talk about it at home a little bit, but you kind of can't bring wrestling home like too much because then like you don't have time for anything else. And it kind of, if something goes wrong and you're not happy, it brings kind of that, like, what's the word I'm looking for that dissatisfaction and stuff and kind of mm -hmm. like that bad attitude at home. So yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was a good time, but it's good that like, for me, like have moved on from that. Like I'd like to maybe revisit it one day, like, but um, I think we did a lot of stuff and um, that we needed to do. And we've hit a lot of different, uh, we did a lot of different gimmicks. I mean, heck, you dressed up in drag. I mean, yeah, and not a lot of, not a lot of guys are willing to dress up in drag to fight their wives. So <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would imagine that, that, that grouping is pretty small for sure. He <laughs> was a beautiful woman though. I'll give him credit. Like, <laughs> I, like, I mean, none of us were like connoisseurs with drag makeup, but I mean, Lola looked pretty good. Nice. <laughs> Um, if people want to find you on, on social media, uh, I'm assuming the MySpace page is shut down. But uh, aside from that, uh, anything else that uh, or anywhere else that people can find your work? Uh, right now, I just I have uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. It's just at Kat Von Hees. I try to keep it simple. And um, like there's pages on YouTube and stuff like with channels that my matches are more or less predominantly on. But uh, I'm not I'm not a Snapchatter. Um, and I mean, I'm too, I'm, I don't, I'm just, I feel so old, but I'm not tech savvy. I wish I was more tech savvy, but, uh, just, I, I stick to the basics and, and, and that way I can focus more on giving more people my undivided attention. Yeah. Makes so, sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Kat, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, look forward to, to seeing you around Calgary soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the Fresh Take Network show. Hopefully you enjoyed the Kat Von Hees interview. Uh, all of this coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Join their March Madness promotion. If you phone and book and mention that you want to book the March Madness promotion, you'll get 10% off your first invoice with them. Also, a reminder, the WrestleMania contest. You have another week and a bit to enter. Give this a review wherever you're listening to it right now. Give it a review. Uh, you can do it specifically Spotify and Apple Music, uh, or you can follow me on twitch.tv slash primetimepk. Also, if you go to my Instagram, 
at Primetime Klein. There is a post that says contest on it. If you share that into your story, then you will get um, entry forms and you fill that out with your WrestleMania predictions, most confident to least confident. The winner gets a $25 gift card from Sea of Dead, free residential cleaning from Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, and two free tickets to the Can-Am Wrestling Show April 20th at the back alley. Uh, so that is what's going on. Enter the giveaway now, and I will talk to y'all later this week. I'm out. <laughs>